live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. This is the winter of our discontent. Good Lord, it's cold in here. What is it with this thermostat? Good it's Lord. Not a thermostat, I've told you. It's an experiment by some psychology department at a nearby university to see how long people will punch hit buttons and get nothing out of it. We're at what, eight years and counting? <laughs> of adjusting the thermostat. Right. I'm well, I'll, I'll raise it a little bit. There we go. It's 20 degrees in here. Alive from Studio C. Si, senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody. Brand new month. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. The breakdown of civilization. Wow, that's a heavy general manager. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm looking at all the stuff that's just, 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 there's this. Uh, you got horrifically out of touch governance. State, da, 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 da. federal, whatever. You got idiotic COVID restrictions nobody follows. You got a border that's not a border. You have a rampant crime and prosecutors who don't prosecute. And an electorate that is, uh, you know, if we were a cartoon character, our face would be in the beat red phase just short of when steam blows out of our ears. So, you know, these things go in cycles. Maybe we're going. Uh, we're going to head uh, upward for a while, but right now it just seems like, what sort of system is this? Well, that's just for people who pay attention. I, I think most people don't pay any attention. Uh, we're uh, watching the latest thing on Netflix or playing Wordle. Sure. Boy, am I good at that? By the way, so oh, please. So the New York Hall, Hall of Fame. Really, I don't. Uh, I still don't know what it is or how it works, and I doubt that I ever will look into it. But the New York Times just bought it, so they must think it's a big deal. Paid seven figures. Really? Yeah. It's a fun game. Oh, I, I believe it. I just... Silly for, little word for, game. For whatever reason, I do not believe in amusement. I am only... <laughs> I am only nose to the grindstone serious, which is not working for me, by the way. You wouldn't think I would continue doing that since it is not working. It is not making me happy or relaxed in any way. But I'm I do not... Calvinist Jack Armstrong. But I do not believe in amusement. I have figured out what is going on, though. I heard a story on NPR today. It fit in with something you said yesterday, and then it fed in, fit in with something that Pete Boot Edge Edge said on Friday. Edge Edge, they say. And it fits in with the fact that I drove a, a self-driving car to work today, my Tesla. So at some point, I had my phone in one hand and my coffee in my other hand, leaned back, coming down, going down the freeway. Oh, yeah. But, but so, um... uh. This push, I keep hearing it for zero traffic deaths. This is a new thing. And you know where that's going. With automated driving technology out there, it is going toward taking your right to drive away from you. Hmm. To control your own vehicle. Guarantee it. They're, that's what that's what they're working. That's why Pete Boot Judge, the transportation secretary, was talking about it on Friday in his big speech. Because Joe and I heard it. In the, I heard the goal of zero traffic deaths is stupid. Vision Zero, they call it. It's yep. stupid. And then I heard uh, some L.A. safety nanny today talking about it for Los Angeles. And that's a stupid goal. Unless you're going, you'd have to radically change driving, like to the point that it's just a completely different thing, which is what they want to do for all kinds of environmental reasons. And they'll couch it in safety, which could kind of the safety nuts are, you know, into that and everything like that. The rest of us clearly 
uh, look around you, are fine with the fact that 30-some thousand people die on the roadways every year. Not that I like it, but nobody's drastically changing their behavior. We're still driving to work and... Right. Well, and it strikes me a couple of things. It uh, continues on our theme of if you're told something ridiculous, but you have to go along with it, it slowly but surely just whittles away your ability to recognize the truth and speak the truth. You see it in communist societies a lot. And the second thing is, if you announce our goal and you say it solemnly, and we were talking about this uh, Vision Zero in L.A., how traffic deaths have gone up, up, up every year since it was implemented in, I think, 2015. Um, if you announce a goal seriously at the federal, state, and local level, zero traffic deaths must be our goal. And it's a goal that can never, ever be achieved. But you've already established that it is so critically important. It's saving lives. lives. Anything we do is worthy. Anything we do is justified. So it's just like, you know, the, uh, the, the, the permanent state of emergency around COVID. We've, they've just announced they're driving toward a permanent state of emergency on traffic deaths. If you're in a state of emergency, they can make you do anything. Sure. That's something. Anyway, keep your eye out. For, edge, edge. Keep your eye out for that. I just think I've heard it too many times in the last week that it's not some sort of, uh, thought behind it a plan of some sort you know i'm a man of peace jack i'm not a violent man not a hateful man i would never take out my frustrations on any uh decent civil servants or anything like that but i do feel this uh, outlaw uh, uh, urge building within me and i know a lot of y'all do too and you're good law-abiding people you pay your taxes you love america and the rest of it but, you know, sooner or later, you got to throw on the bandana, and, and I don't know what form it would take. Maybe just, like, aggressive mischief-making. Just making it impossible for the permanent state of emergency lion sacks of dopiness to, to do what they're trying to do. Or, organize uh, a day where every single kid shows up unmasked to your local elementary school. That sort of thing. Uh, civil protest. You know, peaceful civil protest, civil disobedience. That's the word I'm looking for. We have got huge stuff on COVID and shutdowns for you. I'll explain what that is in just a second after we do officially start the show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, February 1st, brand new month, the year 2022. New you in 22. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Jabbing you with a verbal vaccine against all the bullcrap. Precisely according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at... Mark. Tesla recently began selling an in-car karaoke microphone in China, and that seems like trouble considering how drunk you have to be to do karaoke. (laughs) That's a good point. It almost encourages drunk drunk driving because nobody does karaoke sober. It's a new month, Michael. The rent is too damn high. There you go. That's right. The rent is due. Damn it. Actually, the rent is high, man. It's skyrocketing. Cities all over America. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, maybe we'll talk about that. But this, this, this is huge, and um, we'll talk about it coming up. Johns Hopkins University put out a giant meta-analysis. It's 62 pages long. I read the first two pages and the conclusion. I highlighted it all. We'll bring you the conclusions at the bottom. The shutdowns had practically no effect. 
That is what they've determined. The shutdowns worldwide had practically no effect. Well, good effect. No effect on the COVID. Yeah. They had plenty of effect on uh, economy, on personal wealth, on psychology, on drug abuse, on a th- hundred other things we've been talking about. Yeah, right? No good effect. No, no right. didn't accomplish anything. It did a lot of damage. And have I heard this anywhere today? No. It came out yesterday afternoon. Have I heard it anywhere? No, I have not. Here's another dissonance thing. I keep talking about the dissonance around COVID and how it makes my brain hurt. So how many times have I heard in the last two days with a cheery voice usually or a voice of optimism, sometimes from a young mother because she has a child herself and she's so excited that Pfizer has announced that they're about to approve the vaccine for kids under the ages of two or five or whatever the hell it is. Um, And every time I hear the story, it's presented. Oh, that's good news. Lots of parents out there will be happy to hear that. No, they won't. You're not reporting the news. 80% of kids five and up have not gotten a vaccine, are not vaccinated. And I'll bet the number for kids that are younger is going to be more like 90%. So so your news story where you just said parents are going to be excited about that, oh, parents can't wait, I know I can't wait, is a lie. You're just not reflecting the country. 90% of parents are ignoring it. So maybe you think that's wrong. That's fine. But you're way out of line and way out of step with reality. Quit presenting it as something that people are excited about. 90%, I'll bet it's 90%. Wouldn't you guess if 80% of parents are not vaccinating a 10-year-old, it's going to be way less parents that aren't vaccinating 2-year-olds. I honestly think the 2-year-olds is going to be low single digits. Might be. But, but, but quit, God, what? quit presenting it like we're all breathlessly waiting for this. People aren't. Now, I live in an area where everybody has their kid vaccinated but me. Um, everybody does, you know, and which is fine. I don't care. Go ahead. You know, you make your personal choices on your health and stuff like that. But don't act like everybody in the country is running out the door to get these vaccines for their children because they are not. You know, to the extent that the uh, news media, and I mean this broadly, I mean virtually everybody, to the extent that they're honest, they are so cloistered in their little cult-like bubble of unified belief. What they give to us is just, garbage it's unrecognizable in the real world and that's to the extent that they're honest but then you get like the johns hopkins study which is just a head spinner folks do not go away um and and they then will not report that at all so to the point that they're honest they're delusional then the rest is dishonest yeah the nice brennan woman on face a nation who seems like a very nice person every week she's always asking scott gottlieb about and when when parents like me because i have a little girl when am we going to be able to get the vaccine i think Okay, that's fine that you're going to do it, but you really should report that 90% of people aren't. That's the story. Well, and for perfectly reasonable reasons. There appears to be very tiny, tiny threat to little kids. As, as, as we've known now for two years. Certainly a year and a half. Anyway. Yeah, uh, how's, something else. How does mailbag look? Who cares? <laughs> Go back to your wordle. The wordle is despair. Wait, that's too many letters. Never mind. Now the word is defiance. That's too many letters, too. I'll take your word for it. Anger. It's five letters. Got to be a five-letter word. Okay. Uh, so we got all that stuff on the way. A lot of it's really good. It, and our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
the statistics just to make sure. Because I thought, am I wrong about this? No, I re-looked them up. So over 80% of kids are not fully vaccinated. More than 70% of kids haven't had one shot at all. So, yeah, so quit presenting the story as if as if parents are just waiting for the go-ahead. No, they're not. It's like watching the news from Mars. I don't know half of what they're talking about. They don't live in my world. Apparently. So strange. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Command decision, as I am working the freedom, love, and quote of the day desk. I was closing my uh, list of Theodore Roosevelt quotes to move on, but I saw a couple more that are just so good, I had to toss them out there. Ah, uh, da 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 da. Uh, where to go? There it is. People ask the difference between a leader and a boss. The leader leads, and the boss drives. I've had many bosses. I've had very, very few leaders. Yes, uh, I am reminded of that, and it particularly resonated with me uh, because of the half-wit, dishonest, lying governor of California pictured at the big NFL playoff game, maskless, has now come out and said, well, I, I just took off my mask briefly uh, to take a quick picture, but I was wearing it. I was complying. And dozens of pictures have surfaced of him enjoying the entire game without a mask on. In fact, I haven't seen a picture of him with a mask on. I haven't either. He may have at some point had one on, but uh, he is utterly, utterly dishonest, lying to the face of the people of California and America, and he will pay no consequence for it, Uh, which is why I'm increasingly militant these days. And then uh, this one I thought you'd enjoy from uh, TR. Every immigrant who comes here should be required within five years to learn English or leave the country. The great progressive, Teddy Roosevelt. Well, that only makes sense wherever you are in the world to learn the language of the country you're in. Ah, yes, it does. Mailbag. This is from Tammy, who also lives in Cal Unicornia, although it certainly could be uh, from any blue state in America. Guys, I have a funny new morning routine where I show my high school a picture of the governor maskless at the Rams game before he leaves for a day, before my kid leaves for a day, of masking at school under the threat of punishment. (laughs) It's fun. And then Tammy asks, and it's a good question, why is nobody asking how the governor's allowed to attend a football game during an emergency? He has emergency powers. This is an emergency. And he's going to football games? That's pretty funny. Boy, it is. It just shows the utter ridiculousness of the whole thing. Uh, We're all human. We all fall short sometimes. Dang it, you're a piece of crap. My new favorite one that you got uh, from the governor of California, Michael, is what the hell is going on here? What the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And th- We need to grab the uh, like a third world country. That's another good one we ought to have. Uh, let's see, Charlie's watching a uh, big time college basketball game. At least two of the players have Black Lives Matter on the back of their jerseys. Would uh, MAGA be allowed? The hypocrisy is finally too much to bear. Uh, thank you. All right. Here you go. Do as I say, not as I do. Oh, that reminds me. There is There are a couple of great, meaning terrible, Black Lives Matter stories about their financial malfeasance, about how the city of Seattle, during that whole Chaz thing, the mayor, the, the insane mayor, Jenny Durkin, actually had the city draft a, a, a legal document giving that police precinct building to Black Lives Matter. Just handing it over to them wow. as ransom? 
as something, some miss. Well, she's a cultist. She is a misguided cultist. So, you know, she's just giving it to her, the cult uh, to, to buy their, I don't know, mercies. Let's see. On the topic of uh, non-work and uh, the great resignation and moms, interesting note here um, from McKella, I believe. Uh, 30-year-old mom, two girls, recently quit my full-time job in nearly 10 years. Um, as I transitioned to being a parent five years ago, my employer was flexible. Talks about working from home sometimes and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I had uh, leverage. I'd been there longer than anyone else. They'd never mess with me. Fast forward to 2020 when working from home became the norm for everyone. Kids jumping into video conferences was seen as cute and charming, but that vibe changed. And she goes into a little detail about how it was pretty laid back in 2020. That vibe changed in 2021. It was clear to me that my company shifted to wanting no distractions at home, wanted us to be available during every minute of business hours, implemented software that would take screenshots of our laptops every 15 minutes to sit so they could see if we were being productive. Managers were expected to call twice a day to see what we were working on, et cetera. She's talked to a lot of different people who had that same change in culture, and uh, she finally said, all right, this is, uh, this is not good. It's, this, in fact, she said um, they are taking working from home and making it utterly miserable. Yeah, what's, what's hilarious to me is that any management thinks that when you start doing that, you're going to get more produ- productivity out of people. You're going to get more resignations. You're, you're going to get, yeah, you're going to get more people who hate their jobs and are unproductive. People more clever at evading your software. Wow. That's um, productive. If you miss an hour of the show, pick it up on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Meanwhile, the big football story from this weekend wasn't the games. On Saturday, ESPN reported that Tom Brady is retiring. But then, but then conflicting reports came out that said Brady hasn't decided yet. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you let the CDC announce your retirement. <laughs> you just don't know. Six feet... Three feet, five days. Brady was like, I just wanted to see who was happy so I can destroy them. I like the shot at the CDC in there. That's what I enjoyed about that joke. Yeah, Six I feel feet, like three awareness feet. is growing. Which, isn't that known now that that's completely made up? There is no, there is zero science behind the six feet, three feet, or whatever they determined it was. They just Somebody just made it up. Right. Anyway, Johns Hopkins University out with a meta-analysis. That's where you take a look at a whole bunch of stuff. And determining that lockdowns had little to no public health effects, no positive effects. Had some negative effects, but we'll kick off hour number two of that. If you don't get it, grab the podcast. But it's it should be talked about all across America. I haven't heard it mentioned any freaking where in the last 24 hours. You know, I'm going to be scanning my news sources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so more on that to come. We'll we'll uh, get away from COVID for a, a moment or several. Uh, although I am reminded the One More Thing podcast from yesterday. At the end of the radio show, we do one more segment. Why? Podcast only. I don't know. We're done, with work. We're done with work. Why do we work more? I'm a man who craves leisure. Don't they understand that? But anyway, uh, yesterday's we went over California's roadkill rules and regulations. <laughs> right. Specifically, c- c- eating it. 
the laws governing the eating of roadkill. It is uh, amusing, to say the least. We had an early dinner. Of roadkill. Uh, so you can grab that at armstrongandgetty.com. Is this considered a COVID story, the fact that they're having more COVID show up at the Olympics? It's an Olympic story, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's primarily an Olympic story, and anything that causes pain to the Chinese is good story. But the Chinese Communist Party. I'm concerned that so the athletes and teams officials are testing positive for COVID at higher rates than other people, um, it says here. I, I'm just concerned China's going to try to blame the Omicron explosion in their country on people coming in from other countries for the Olympics. Yes. Yeah, they're absolutely. Like, we had it under control. We had zero COVID, but then all of you dirty foreigners came in. Plus, who's in charge of the uh, the testing? Is it the Chinese? I mean, because if we've got a guy who's going to win the speed skating or something, whoop up on the Chinese, they're going to say he's positive. Yeah, good point. And uh, later, um, we'll play a little bit of this. Jake Tapper on CNN is going to have a regular report throughout the Olympics pointing out the bad things that China does. Nice. It's just kind of a, hey, let's balance out the Olympics with here's what China's really like. So this is going to be a weird couple of weeks starting on Friday. I almost resent Jake Tapper burying a diamond in the mountain of crap that is CNN. I mean, (laughs) burying a diamond in the mountain of crap. I mean, (laughs) because otherwise there'd be no reason to even have it on cable systems. Just get rid of it. And then he goes and does something, you know, reasonable and decent and real journalism. Uh, so uh, this is not about COVID, but I did show up to the gym where I do my uh, ellipticaling, and I walk in. Everybody's in masks. And I asked the guy at the front desk, I said, what gives, brother? Brah! <laughs> what gives, brah? And uh, he said, we got no staff. Our staff are dropping like flies. Everybody's getting COVID. We can't keep them around. So management said that anybody comes in, they got to wear a mask. We're just trying to have enough staff to keep open. That ain't going to help, though. See, that's the thing. You can't stop Omicron. You can't. Yeah. There's no stopping it. Or the music. You can't stop the music. Um, so, yeah. I, so I said, all right, I understand. And I turned around and I left and I power walked outside and had an absolutely lovely uh, walk. Should you prefer elliptical well, I think because I have an elliptical I never use, mm. so I'm thinking about a different piece of equipment I'll never you, use. Well, you should use it. <laughs> well, I, go on. I now. should, and it's a great yes. one. It's from a gym. It's like a full industrial, like oh. like the super expensive kind. And I've I've used it twice in eight years. Um, uh, Once per administration. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking I'd walk more. Of course, I'm fooling myself thinking that. But I'm into the counting steps now because I've got my Apple Watch and it counts steps for me. All right. And everybody in the newsroom has their step goals and we kind of compare that every day. And Do you, do you keep track of your steps? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. Not in a hardcore way. I've been doing I, it every day now. I just try to do something active every day. But I that, mean, something that makes me breathe a little hard and sweat. And sometimes it's a full-on workout. Sometimes it's not. Regular day, I get about 4,000. Fight, fight, fight. And put some effort into it or play with the kids a lot. It's more like seven. But then I looked it up and they recommend you're supposed to get 10,000 steps a day to be healthy. And that, that's you, a lot of steps. You know, they, whoever they is, I've also read that 10,000 is an artificial number. It really doesn't indicate blah, 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 blah. So it's crazy. But the, the reason I, I brought it up was the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, just put out another study uh, showing walking just 10 minutes a day may lead to a longer life. Oh, the, In fact, it almost certainly will. Yeah, one thing I'm definitely not and never have been, don't think I ever will be, is sedentary. The difference between sedentary, sedan, not moving, and uh, and getting some exercise is huge. Yes. 
And yep. there's a lot of people that get zero, other than like car to work and work to car. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not good for your machine. Keep your machine running. Anyway, so I, I like this. Uh, it's great information. Uh, it's realistic. It's it's uh, helpful to people who aren't ready to work out five times a week for 40 minutes or whatever. Um, but I have one complaint about it, and, and I'll bring that to you in a second. Uh, according to the JAMA, blah, 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 if all of us started walking an extra 10 minutes a day, we could collectively prevent more than 111,000 deaths every year. And they get into some of the details, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and all of it is, all if of us we collectively, do this, we can collectively prevent that many no, deaths. No, no, I cannot help you by exercising more. Yeah, exactly. I can exactly. exercise all day long. I will help no one else but me. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. I that know. is. Collectively. I'm all for pitching in and everything, but I don't care. That's weird. It's a yeah. weird way to look at it. Here's a more helpful British study from 2015. Uh, men and women who exercised for 150 minutes per week, that's your five times a half hour, reduced their risk by of premature death by at least 25%. Premature death is what we're all trying to avoid. Yeah, yeah. That's really right up there at the top of the list of things to avoid. 2020 examination of the lifestyles and death risks of about 44,000 adults in U.S. and Europe concluded that the most sedentary men and women in the study who sat almost all day were as much as 260% more likely to die prematurely as the most highly active people. I'm amazed that sedentary people uh, live at all. I just I can't imagine what your body does when there's just when you get no exercise. Oh, yeah, kind of makes me feel gross to think about it, actually. You know, and honestly, as as a middle child, I'm a helper. I try to bring people together. Just start with 10 minutes. 10 minutes of walking. Well, and go the, from there. Because once you're at 10 minutes, 15 minutes is a piece of cake. And from there, 20 minutes doesn't bother you at all. Or you only do five minutes the rest of your life. But that's a hell of a lot better than none. That's the problem with all the CDC guidelines and gym memberships and everything like that. They're always way too high. And I think it discourages people. Yeah, I would agree completely. Right. Right. Oh, I love this story. You know, this the, is... one, uh, the depressing thing, like the Apple Watch, the, the steps. Okay, getting some exercise, lungs, blood pressure, all that sort of stuff. That's good. Then it tells you how many calories you burn. Like my son and I went for oh. a bike ride. And I, I, I like that the watch automatically turns on and records a bike ride. And then so we got home and we looked at our route that we were, oh, look, we went by that neighborhood. We didn't even know we were there. Tells oh, that's you, cool. Tells you how many miles you went and then everything like that. And then it tells you the calories. So you go on a, you know, you go on a bike ride for forty-five minutes or whatever, and you burn like seventy calories. I mean, yeah, it's I just a ridiculously no, no. It's like two Hershey's Kisses that I popped into my mouth. How would you like half a cookie? <laughs> well, take that half a cookie and cut it in half and eat that quarter cookie because you've earned it. <laughs> Fabulous. Because you've earned it. So, uh, I can't decide. Are we, we're going to do the big Johns Hopkins thing to kick off our number two. Yes. Uh, we could break on time if you want. I have a story. It's, I think I'm supposed to be just inspired and my heart warmed. A pair of same sex penguins have hatched a baby chick in New York. Gay penguins are raising the chick as a pair. And I think, like I say, I'm supposed to find meaning in this. <laughs> two dudes or two chicks? Two dudes. Two fellas, two gay penguins. Okay. The zoo said Elmer and Lima formed a bond for the current breeding season and have well, built a home. You look nice. What's the occasion? Well, you look nice, too. 
you look great in your tuxedo, and defended their territory. So they appear, they appear to have bonded as a pair. The first chick to be fostered by a pair of same-sex penguins at the Roseman Gifford Zoo hatched on January 1st, wrote the zoo on Facebook. Foster parents, male, adult male Humboldt penguins, Elmer and Lima, took turns incubating the egg and have been doing a wonderful job warming and feeding the chick since. And I'm, I got questions. Uh, number one, if these two penguins are, are gay penguins and want to hang out with each other, I wish them a long, happy penguin life, eating fish and sliding in and out of icy uh, environs. Sure, um, I hope the entire five-year, 50-year, 100-year <laughs> life that they have is fantastic. As a flightless bird. But so, because I, I think we're supposed to say, "Oh, look at that! It's natural in the natural world." Therefore, blah blah blah. And you can believe what you want to believe. But I, I was, I, I was wondering, where'd they get this egg? These two fellows, these uh, two gay penguins. My Bible doesn't have any gay penguins in it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh boy, that nobody enjoyed that line. That was nobody the wanted. Bible! Nobody wanted that. The zoo has relied on foster uh, parent uh, penguins to incubate eggs in the past as a way to increase the odds of hatching a chick. So I'm like, all right, where where did these two penguins, the two fellow penguins, get the egg? That is the first thing. Did they thing steal that, it? That's did a, they kill some pe- other penguins? That's the first thing that popped into my head. And it doesn't mention it in the story. The first thing that popped into my head was where did the egg come from? Well, as it turns out, there was an egg laid by female penguin, Poquita, and her male, her mate, Vente. Uh, is that they a laid. Uh, no, that's a fella. Okay. That's their straight penguins. Hetero penguins. Anyway, these hetero penguins laid a viable egg on December 23rd, which was swapped for a dummy egg. By humans? Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, so they pushed Wh- the egg on the, the male gay couple. Yes, they stole the egg from Mr. and Mrs. Penguin, and they gave it to these uh, gay penguins. And and I love the passive voice that's used in this paragraph. Fans of English, fans of the language. They laid a viable egg, which was swapped for a dummy egg. It was swapped. Not zoo personnel took the egg and replaced it with a dummy. It was swapped. It just happened. Nobody knows how. <laughs> that is deliberate. And it was given to the gay penguins to incubate. So, listen. If these two fellas can raise a, a, a little penguin in a loving family, teach it all about herring, explain why it can't fly, and the other birds can. It's got to be disappointing. That's fine. You have a, a good time. But don't pretend that the zoo didn't steal those other poor penguins' eggs. No, so the story is if you give a baby to two dudes, they won't just let it die. Okay, well, that you know that's good. That's probably true with most species, I think. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, penguins can do as penguins will do. It's none of my business, and frankly, as soon as we go to commercials, I'll stop caring. But, but Slide on your belly, eat a fish, do whatever you want. The fact that this is being portrayed as some g- glorious, and do you see? Do you see? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Penguins, the natural Mm-hmm. Stop it. Uh, okay, New York Post is reporting Tom Brady officially retires after 22 legendary seasons. So, or does he? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, and we got other stuff we got to get to. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The 
Armstrong and Getty Show. China facing a renewed challenge to halt this latest surge. Snap lockdowns, mass testing, contact tracing, all of it stepped up as the country works to show its superiority in containing the virus. State media continuing to label the virus as an imported threat, even dating back to the initial outbreak in Wuhan. A consistent propaganda effort to deflect blame and refocus global attention on what is supposed to be a spectacular and unifying event. How do you like that? Within China, they still refer to COVID as an imported threat. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Now, come on, China. That's incredible. Uh, So that is from a feature Jake Tapper is going to be doing a series on. Uh, he tweeted this out yesterday. This is the first, and Jake Tapper is a guy on CNN. He's really, they hired him to be their star person. Uh, this is the first installment of a series we're running during the Olympics, bringing attention to all the horrors the Chinese governments would rather you ignore. The ugly truths Beijing wants you to ignore during the upcoming Winter Olympics. This David Culver person is going to do. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I don't think it's just... Um, uh, you know, counter-programming to NBC's ownership of the Olympics. I think it's, I think it's just imp- important good journalism for the world to make it clear that China is this awful, awful nation, which it is. Um, uh, China lashes out at Japan's concern over human rights, so Japan decided days before the Olympics start. To have a big meeting in which they officially labeled China a violator of human rights or something like that. It's one of those, Mm. you always talk about the subtleties of diplomacy and how these things are a big deal. And they seem like they're nothing to, I think, average people, but it's a big deal when you you say things like that. Uh, They accused China of serious human rights violations, then voted that it's an official resolution or something like that. Yeah, it's a big deal diplomatically, but ultimately, you wonder... Yeah, I don't think it probably has any effect on China. I don't think they care, but they, man, they uh, they slapped back quickly. Um, so Japan said human rights hold universal values, values and are a legitimate concern for the international community and talked about the Uyghurs and Tibet and Inner Mongolia and Hong Kong and, you know, the long list of horrible things China is doing right now, let alone in their past. Uh, China replied by uh, saying... Uh, uh, China denies allegations of all human rights abuses and, and, and referred to them as the lie of the century. Nice. The lie of the century. 400 Pinocchios. If you're going to declare a lie of the century, I think the cover-up of COVID by China might be it. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was a lie with enormous effects. China went on to say this is a severe political provocation against the Chinese people. In case you don't know, China and Japan have a history that is as bloody as any in the world. Read the rape of Nanking. It goes, uh, their, their, their willingness to slaughter each other goes way back. But, uh, that's interesting. I was listening to the China Unscripted podcast that I mention a lot. They get such great guests on there. It's freaking scary, man. China is good. So, uh, they, I forget the guest they had on there. It's somebody actually we've had on the show, but he's talking about how China does such a good job of capturing institutions and how they're continuing to work on that around the world. With the, with the great example being they had captured the WHO, captured in a way of either, either they're threatening the people that work there or giving them enough money to influence them or whatever. And we saw the result. So when a giant, uh, uh, 
epidemic leaps out, pandemic leaps out, the WHO covers for them for a long time. They captured the IOC long enough to get two Olympic Games in a 10-year period, even though they shouldn't get any. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that all around the world. Yeah, yeah. Using carrots and sticks. I mean, it's an enormous market. There's tremendous money to be made there. Lord knows the IOC is into making money. And uh, and they can threaten their withdrawal and delegitimize institutions. And so, yeah, and they're good at it. They're ruthless, too. China is asshole! So it no would, Ruth. It would seem that it is official now, if you're following the back and forth at all of Tom Brady retiring. It leaked out on Saturday. Then he came out and said, no, I'm not retiring. I don't think it was supposed to come out this way. And now he has tweeted from his own personal account that, yes, he is retiring. I'm not as fascinated by this as some of you are. If you are, I suppose you can... Google it or that sort of thing. Uh, I think his wife finally convinced him that you need to stay home and raise the kids. Hmm. I think that's what happened, but I don't know. Is she aware he's the goat? <laughs> she how undermining much, him? How about you be the greatest dad of all time for the next couple of years is probably yeah. what she's thinking. Yeah, you've checked the football box. I don't know. I would say. I would say. Yeah, yeah. But he's we talking about this the other day. I've never been the best in the world in anything. It's got to be tough to give that up. At the same time, though, he's a smart enough guy to think, you know, one really serious concussion, one blasted out knee changes the rest of my life. I'm feeling good. Let's go. You know, walk away from the table before you lose everything. Yeah. Know when to hold him in short. Know yeah. when to fold him. Um, Johns Hopkins University out with a major report on how the shutdowns didn't work. In fact, they hurt. We'll get into that to kick off Hour 2 of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.